Hey everyone, welcome to the Frontline Community Church Podcast. My name is Carol Ann Flood, and I'm the worship director here at Frontline in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Our mission is simple, to see zero people unchanged by Jesus. So whether you've been following Jesus your whole life, or your journey has just begun, we hope that this message will help you draw near to the person of Jesus, be challenged and encouraged by His Word, and be moved to action. We hope these next few moments are a blessing to you and equip you to see who God really is and who you are in Him. Well, good morning, Frontline family. How's everybody this morning? Awesome, awesome. Hey, before I jump in, I just want to say a, a quick thank you to Brian. Um, Man, uh, I get the privilege of working with you. Uh, We're talking about guidance today and about hearing God's voice uh, in our lives. And I just want to say you have been an instrumental part, not only in my life about hearing God's voice, but I I think I can attest for many of our family here, you have been an instrumental voice in all of us hearing God's voice. So I just want to say thank you. Thanks for being a great leader. I love working for you. So Awesome. Well, again, thank you for being here uh, together today at Frontline. Uh, My wife, Kim, and I, we have four adult children. Uh, We're in that stage of life where we're actually empty nesters, otherwise known as the woohoo, we made it kind of stage of life. So for those of you with kids, I'm going to say there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It is dim right now. It'll get brighter, but uh, there is a light. One of the wonderful things and one of the great things that uh, this time of life has afforded Kim and I is the opportunity to actually vacation. Sometimes uh, we vacation alone, but sometimes we'll take the kids with us still. Uh, A few years ago, we actually took the kids with us and we went down to Florida. Uh, My family grew up in Florida there, so I've been in Florida my entire life. And one of the things uh, I love about going to Florida is the fact that uh, I go to the beach. And when I'm at the beach, I love to swim in the ocean. Is there any other ocean swimmers out there? Anybody? Not too many. Not too many. A few. Most people don't like to swim in the ocean because they're afraid of sharks. Yeah. Well, I've never seen a shark I think a shark is probably more afraid of me than I actually am of them. So uh, I've been swimming in the ocean again my entire life. So on this particular day, uh, I was out swimming with my son and my son-in-law, and we're out in the ocean, and imagine my surprise as something brushed up against my leg. I, I didn't think shark. I thought maybe a large fish or something else, but I didn't think really much of it. I was looking at shore, and uh, I could see people yelling and waving at me. And I'm thinking, well, I, I don't know these people, but maybe they're really friendly here. So I'm like, yeah, you know, hey, like this. And then I didn't notice that the lifeguard jumped off of his seat, and he was blowing his whistle, and he was waving at me. It was at that moment it kind of clicked to me that they weren't waving at me. They were waving for me. And so in that moment, I turned around, and I saw this. That, my friends, is a spinner shark. They feed on the bottom of the ocean there. They travel at a high speed, and when they get to the end of where they're feeding, they shoot up in there, and they turn around, and they come back. And so as I was in there, two things went through my mind when I saw that. The first is, I I said a word that I really actually can't say here on stage, but uh, I said that. And uh, the second thing that went through my mind is, man, I sure hope I can swim faster than my son-in-law. And so... (laughs) I mean, I love you, Caleb, but, you know, if it's a shark, it's you or me, buddy, you know. Now, come on, dads. Is anybody good enough for our princesses, really, you know? So a shark wouldn't have been that bad, but (laughs) I love you. You're here today, too. So you're probably sitting here going, what does that crazy story have to do with anything? 
What does it have to do? Well, let me, let me share this with you. Isn't it true in your life and in mine that we don't always hear the voices that are trying to help us? Uh, isn't it true, if we narrow that down a little bit more, isn't it true we don't always hear the voice that is there to save us? In fact, we listen to a million other voices other than that. Don't believe me? Let, let's, let's put it to the test here. I, I, I want you to think of the five most dominant influential voices in your life right now. If you t- think about those five dominant Im- influential voices in your life, I'm going to tell you the trajectory of your life. Let's take, for instance, in your work situation. If you're at work and, like, you hate your job and you're the voices there, like, they, this place stinks, my boss stinks, not you, Brian. Uh, all the great, you know, everybody shows up late and people leave early. I'm going to tell you what your attitude is going to be towards work. Compare and contrast that to the fact that if you're at a work environment where there's synergy, where you work as a team, you work as a group, and it's just an enjoyable place to be, I can pretty well tell you what your attitude at work is going to be. Think about in your marriage. If in your marriage there's the voices that you're listening to are like, man, you know, you talk bad about your spouse out in public. You actually don't, uh, don't lift them up. You're out there partying. You don't come home early. You come home late to work because you really don't want to see them. I can pretty well tell you what the trajectory of your marriage is going to be like. Compare and contrast that to the fact that maybe you're in a small group you're actually loving on your wife, your wife, you're pray, loving on your husband, you're supporting them, you're praying together. I think your, your marriage is going to be a little bit different in that case. Or maybe you're single here this morning and your friends are saying, like, why do you even go to church? That's just a bunch of old people, a bunch of old bald guys up there preaching words to you and you don't need to hear all that. You should be out with us partying, you should be out there hooking up. I can pretty well tell you the trajectory of your life there. But compare that, in fact, if you listen to the voices in your life where there's actually people who are in, uh, just love you, people that are in community with you, people that are lifting you up in prayer, your life would be a little different. The voices that we listen to are really important in our life, and the voice that we listen to is extremely important in our life. Because here's where we're going this morning. We're never going to be all that God wants us to be if we fail to hear his voice. We're never going to be all he wants us to be if we fail to hear his voice. So the scripture we're going to look at this morning, if you have your Bibles, if you have your phone, your iPad, go ahead and turn it to John 10. John 10. Uh, We're going to be looking at John 10, 1 through 4. And so let me set that up and give you a little context of it. Because like, if you're coming in and you're saying, well, what is John 10? Uh, You have to know John 9. And so John 9 is actually Jesus was healing a blind man uh, in John 9. And that was incredible enough, but what he did is he actually healed the blind man on the Sabbath, which was an uproar for all of the religious leaders, all of the Pharisees, people who were priests or pastors like me. So they were the ones that were looking down on Jesus at this time. And so Jesus is talking to them, and he compares himself to the shepherd, and he calls the people the sheep. And so we'll pick up here on John 10, John 10, verses 1 through 4. Here it says, it says, Very t- truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. But the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. 
I underlined the part of the part where it says his voice. Wouldn't it be awesome to hear the shepherd's voice? Wouldn't it be awesome to hear the shepherd's voice in your marriage? Wouldn't it be awesome to hear the shepherd's voice in your work? Wouldn't it be awesome to hear the shepherd's voice as you're getting your kids ready for school next week? Wouldn't it be awesome to hear the shepherd's voice when you're talking to your neighbor who doesn't know Jesus? The reason that you can hear the shepherd's voice is the fact that the shepherd spent time with the sheep. And here's the important part. The sheep spent time with the shepherd. In that culture there, it wasn't uncommon for the shepherd to actually live with the sheep. He actually would sleep with the sheep. They knew his voice. It was his voice that was calming to them. And so when a thief or a robber comes in, they would know to scatter because that wasn't the shepherd. But we, we don't always listen to the shepherd, do we? We don't always listen to the shepherd when he's calling our name. We don't always get to spend time with the shepherd. So this morning, what I would love to do is ask the question of, how do we hear the shepherd's voice? How do we hear the shepherd's voice in our life? And so there's three, just three ways that I put together here, and there might be more, but these are Blake's three ways that I'm just how I hear the shepherd in my life. And so I would share them with you this morning. And so the first way we hear the God's voice in our life is that we hear God's voice through his word, through his word. This, my friends, this is, uh, this is my Bible. Uh, this is my go Bible. I want to brought two Bibles this morning. I brought my show Bible, and I brought my go Bible. This, let me show you my show Bible right here. This Bible right here, this I got uh, the day I was ordained in the Wesleyan Church. It has my name on it. It says Reverend Blake Hicks. I never thought I'd see that. That was pretty awesome. It's a really nice Bible. In fact, it's pretty because it matches the color in our house, and it sits actually on a top shelf up there. It's got a little thin layer of dust on it, not because my wife is a bad house cleaner, but it sits up high, and she's kind of short. And so it's, it's a wonderful Bible. But I'll tell you what, I can count on the times in my hand how many times I've opened it. It sits in my house. This, my friends, this, this is my go Bible. This is my Bible at work. This is the Bible that I use to put this message together. This is the Bible I use when I meet with Brian or I meet with other team members in our church and I get the opportunity to pray with them. The problem is many of us in our lives, we have a show Bible, but we don't have a go Bible. Now, you don't need two Bibles, but you do need one Bible. You need a go Bible. This, my friends, this is 66 books written in here written by 40-plus authors in three different languages on three different continents and a whole myriad, myriad of stories in here from wars and plights to love and to poetry and to weird stuff like incest and all crazy stuff in there. It's a reality TV on steroids in here, and it's all in here, and it has one message, and the message is God's love for you and God's message of love for me, and just the fact that he wants to redeem us and bring us back to him. We have this Bible in our hands. God is still speaking his word today. He's speaking through his word, even though it was written so many years ago. But here's the problem. We're not listening. We're not listening. God's continuing to speak. He doesn't just speak through pastors. He speaks through his word here. And God's word is the foundational pact of how we hear his voice. God's word is like a rock. God's word is the foundational piece. It's through Deuteronomy. It says, he is our rock. In the Psalms, it says, God is our salvation and our rock. 
And Isaiah says, the Lord is our cornerstone. This, my friends, this is how we hear God's voice. We hear God's voice through his word because you know what? We're never going to be all God wants us to be if we fail to hear his voice. We'll never be. Here's the second way we hear God's voice. Second way we hear God's voice is through a spiritual mentor or director. And so uh, I was a little hesitant to put up spiritual director on there because I think when you hear that, you get this vision like I do. I, I think of this guy sitting on a mountain kind of like with his hands like this and people are climbing up to him and he's like the spiritual guru and you're going to get all your answers from him. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about somebody who is a mentor to you, who's somebody who's just a little bit farther down the road that you are spiritually. I love how Dom Baker says what a spiritual mentor is. Dom Baker says, in a word, he or she is only God's usher. He must lead souls, or he or she must lead souls in God's way and not his or her own way. I love the visual of that. They're God's usher. They're bringing you into his presence They're not after their own uh, will or anything that they want to do, but they're just invested in you and they love you. Do you have somebody in your life that's just a little bit farther down the road in you spiritually, that is feeding into you, that's loving you? Uh, A number of years ago, um, many of you don't know this. Some of you know my story, some of you don't. But uh, about 2008, 2009, I was still in business. I was not a pastor and so if you would have asked me that someday I would actually be up, be up here uh, preaching a message to you, I would have said, you know what, there's a better chance I'm going to get eaten by a shark. But uh, here I am this morning. And the reason I'm here is about 2008, 2009, I kind of felt this like tug. I wasn't supposed to do this anymore, but I really didn't know what that was. I, I, I was in this struggle between like, I don't know, you want to call it a midlife crisis or whatever you want to call it, but I didn't know, I knew I wasn't supposed to do this, but I didn't really know what that was. I had some wonderful people praying for me. My wife was praying for me. That's, uh, that was a really hard time in our marriage, you need to know. Uh, God worked through that, though. And uh, he, uh, he started working in my life, and in, during that time, uh, I was introduced to somebody who would later become my spiritual mentor. Uh, this guy right here, this guy's name is Jack. Some of you might know Jack. Jack, uh, Jack Lynn actually served here at Frontline for a time before I did. But during this time, uh, just through a number of circumstances, I met Jack, and uh, we just spent some time together. And as I saw him, I saw something that might fill that, that right here. And I looked at his life, and I said, you know what, there's a guy that is totally devoted to God, that is living a life that is just of service that, man, I would just love to emulate. So over a course of time, I just started trying to get on this guy's calendar. I just put myself onto his calendar and tried to get to, and over the course of time, uh, Jack would would spend time with me, and uh, he would correct me, he would challenge me, he would inspire me, he kicked me in the pants sometimes when I needed a kick in the pants, Uh, but he also just loved me and he prayed for me. And it was through his voice that I heard God's will into my life that I stepped into where I am now. I remember on a special day, we were sitting, uh, sitting down at a restaurant, and Jack slid a piece of paper across me, and it had four letters on it, and it said, Iknu. And I'm like, what, what, is, what is Iknu, Jack? And Jack looked at me and says, Blake, it's not Iknu. Blake, it's I see in you. In that moment... He said, Blake, I see in you somebody who loves people. I see in you somebody who has 
gifts and administration and gifts and finance that is so desperately needed in the church. I see in you somebody who is a shepherd. I see in you somebody who has a gift and a call on his life to spread God's word. I see in you. I see in you. And in that moment, my life changed 180 degrees because somebody believed in me. Somebody invested in me. Somebody spent time in me. And from there, I have the opportunity and the privilege, as Brian has said, I'm stepping into this new role here at the Zero Collective as being the executive pastor, and I get the privilege of having that same conversation with other people. We have four residents here at Frontline and in the Zero Collective. A couple of them are here today, Courtney and Steve I saw today. And so uh, we also have Nick and Jen starting real soon, and I get the opportunity to press into them. But not only them, but in our Zero Collective, we have something called Launchable Leaders, and I'm jumping into that full force here. I've got 14 people that I get the opportunity to spend time with. And here's the deal. I can teach them leadership principles. I can teach them how to be a better pastor. I can teach them how to love people and to share the gospel. But what I really am so excited about is the fact that I get to disciple them. I get to walk alongside them. I get to share life with them. And I get to look in their eyes and say, you know what? There's more to you than what you think. Do you have somebody in your life? Do you have a jack? Do you have somebody who's willing to spend time with you, spend, the, spend a good portion investing in you? And this is nothing new. It's all throughout Scripture. All throughout Scripture. Moses, he had Jethro. Elijah had Elisha that was coming into his life. Elisha had Elijah coming into his life. Barnabas had Paul. Timothy had Paul. And Jesus, Jesus, the greatest mentor of all, took 12 teenagers. And the reason that we're sitting in a church today is the fact that he sat there and he ministered to them and he discipled them. The fact that we get to do what we get to do, as Brian said, is because somebody spent time with with these guys. Because you know what? We're never going to be. We'll never be all God wants us to be if we fail to hear his voice. And we hear his voice through his word, and through a spiritual mentor. Last part, last thing, we hear his voice. We hear God's voice through a community of believers. And so, man, I'll tell you what, I love being in community. Uh, isolation, COVID, as Sarah said, was hard on her. I think it was hard on everybody. And the fact that you, we were so isolated in there, and now we get to be in a church together, and we get to live in community together. Isn't that awesome that we get to be together? It's so important to be in community, because God created us to be in community. But the problem is we drift towards isolation. We're not just the fact that we, God created us in to, be, in to be in the community, but what we'll end up doing, whether we want to or not, we just start drifting towards isolation. Isolation happens, and a big part of isolation happening is this thing right here. We get into social media, we get at home. This is the most isolating feature I have in my life. My wife can tell you that as I sit there sometimes at night, and I'll just start going like this. And I don't talk to her, I don't talk to anybody, and I'm just scrolling through. How many of us are in that? How many of us in there? But God created us for community. God created us to live in harmony with one another. I asked you a little bit earlier, I said, hey, think about those five voices in your life. Did a, did a face come to your mind? Did a name come to your thought there of who those voices are? I want to ask you, are those the right voices in your life right now? Is that the right community you belong to? Because here's the thing. When the right people gather for the right reasons, God shows up too. 
When the right people gather for the right reasons, God shows up too. He says it in his word. He says it in Matthew. He says, wherever two or three are gathered, I'm going to show up too. And community of believers joining together, lifting God's name in prayer, lifting him in praise and honor, and sharing life together, it is so important to be in a community. I love Frontline Church. I mean, I love, I bleed Frontline Church. It's part of me. It's who I am. I get the privilege of preaching at all the other churches uh, during the season, uh, but I'll tell you what, this is still home. And the reason this is home is because of you. There's a community of believers here that I love. Do you have a community of believers in your life that, you're, that you have here at church? I believe so strongly in the small groups here at Frontline. If you're not invested in one, man, I'm going to tell you, you need to be invested in one because it'll change your life. And here's the deal. It's not just important for you to be in there, but it's important for somebody else to be in there because your story is important. Your story that you share with somebody else, you never know how that's going to change somebody else's life. So I'm going to ask you, are you have somebody in your life? Do you have a Jack in your life, but do you have a community of believers where you can share life with? Passage in uh, Ephesians here, and I'm going to read this from the message. Uh, so please don't send any bad emails if uh, you don't like the message translation. If you do, uh, just simply it's Brian Bloom at FrontlineGR.com. Just send those right to me. Uh, I'm sure to get those. But here's uh, Ephesians right here. It says, uh, you're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name of Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all irrespective of how we got here and what he is building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation, and now he's using you. He's fitting you in brick by brick, rock by rock, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. Your voice is important. You're a rock in the foundation of this church. One of the things I love about Frontline, in the fact, is that you get to belong before you believe. You can be part of a community. In fact, if you have all of your act together, I'm going to tell you what, you probably don't belong here at Frontline, okay? Because we're a bunch of people that don't have our act together. We decorate in, uh, what is this, particle board? I mean, that's just, uh, to me, I love the fact that we decorate in particle board because if you look at particle board, it's just a bunch of scrap pieces, right? And they're just all thrown together, but they're held together by this glue. And that glue is Jesus Christ. And so when you come in these doors and you look at those particle doors on the brown there, or you see it up on the stage here somewhere, there's a purpose for that. There's a reason for that. Because we're not finished. We're not finished. We're not going to be finished until God comes back. But you belong here. You're part of it. I'm going to take you back to the year 1987. Uh, that's a long time ago. I was talking to Carol, Carol Ann just a little while ago, and she says, hey, tell me when I should come up. I says, hey, when I say 1987, and she looked at me and she goes, my parents weren't married till 90-something. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm old. But 1987, my wife Kim and I, uh, we, were, we had gotten married and we were attending a church here in Grand Rapids. It was a, a larger church. It was one of those churches where you could just go and be anonymous and nobody would know. And man, that was, that was awesome for me. I was thinking, man, we can just hop in there. I can check the box. We did the Sunday thing. And we'd go enjoy our afternoon. Uh, but that wasn't good enough for my wife. Uh, my wife wanted to get involved. And so 
On one of these particular Sundays, we actually went to church there in the morning, and uh, all of a sudden, as we walk in, this couple starts walking towards us, and my wife and her start talking, and I don't know if, fellas, if you guys are like me, but have you ever seen, like, your girl start talking to another girl, and all of a sudden, it's like, you know, they're just going to be besties, and it's like, oh my goodness, what is happening here? And so, I could see this happening, and I, I was talking to the guy, and man, I didn't know him. We had nothing in common. I mean, it was like talking to that rock right there. It was terrible. And so anyway, we get towards the end of the conversation. And uh, I remember this lady says, she goes to us, she goes, hey, you guys ought to join our small group. And my wife is like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And I'm going, yeah, that sounds awesome. So usually go, hey, it's Tuesday night. Come and join us. Uh, we're going to meet over at these people's house. You can come join us. And so my wife and I get in the car. And uh, I remember getting in the car, and I'm like, oh, what'd you sign us up for? What'd you get into? I mean, I don't want to do this. But anyway, Tuesday comes. We walk into this house, and they got kids, okay? We don't have kids yet. And I'm tripping over Tonka toys and baby bottles and diapers. And I'm thinking, we are never having kids. I don't like this. You know, God plans. You know, a man plans, God laughs. Some a few years later, we obviously had them. But uh, we're sitting there. We're doing some sort of Bible study. I, don't, I can't tell you what it was. But at the end of the group there, at the end of the session, uh, people started sharing. And they started at this part, and we're sitting in this circle, and I can see it coming towards me. You ever been there, guys? Anybody been in there? It's like the wave, and you're like, I don't want to be part of this. I can see it coming. But it starts coming, and it gets to me, and I'm like, I don't know these people. I don't feel safe here. And so I do the thing that, you know, you probably shouldn't do, and I said, pass. And I'm like, hey, pass. And so I look to the next person, and they're like, it was the rock, you know. It was like the, the guy I'm dying. I was like, terrible. And so he shares a little bit. And it goes around, and then we get done to the meeting, and they say, hey, you know what? We're meeting in two weeks again. Great. So two weeks come. We get there, and this time I don't sit next to him. I sit next to somebody else, and we have a little bit in common. And so I'm enjoying this, having a little talk with him. We're having some fun. And it comes around again. We're at the end, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to dip my toe in the water here a little bit. So I, uh, I share just a little bit, not a lot, just a little bit to see if it's safe. And then, you know what? Nobody laughed. Nobody pointed a finger. Nobody condemned. They just listened. And they thought, well, that bald guy's a little funny. Uh, that bald guy's a little weird, but he's, you know, he's honest at least. And so that second time went, and they said, hey, we're going to meet in two weeks again. And so I went back a third time, and I shared a little bit more. And we went back a fourth time, and a 24th time. And a 54th time. And a 65th time. And we kept coming back. And that group of people that I didn't want to go to, that I didn't want to even be part of, became our closest friends. We did life together. We had kids, tons of kids down there. We went on vacations together. We, our kids graduated. We were at their graduations. Our kids are all getting married. We go into their weddings. And unfortunately, we're burying some of our parents together. But that group changed me. And when I told you, you know, when I was about 2009, when I didn't really know what I was supposed to do, there was a group that was praying for me. And it was that group. And I think back to them. Think back to Carl and Ruth who invited us to the group. 
think back to John and Lisa. We had some great times. I think back to Bill and Jane and Tom and Deb and the juries. And to then, we, uh, that group got so big that we had to split. And then Kim and I became leaders. And then it was Mark and Julie with us. It was John and Heather. And then some men's groups. And Paul and Larry spoke into my life. Person after person after person started building into my life. Do you have people in your life? Do you have a community of believers who are building into you, who are helping you be what God wants you to be? We hear God's voice through his word. We hear God's voice through a spiritual mentor. But we also hear God's voice through a community of believers because he's building this church brick by brick, rock by rock. Are you part of that? We're never going to be all God wants us to be if we don't hear his voice. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for the privilege. I do consider it a privilege, Lord, just to be up here, to be able to speak your word. You know, Lord, this wasn't my plan, but then uh, my plans don't always work out that well. So I thank you for having another plan for me. I pray for my family here, Lord, my family of believers here at Frontline, Lord, that they would find community here at this church, that they would lean in, that they would share, that they would do life with people. I pray, Lord, that you would work so mightily in this church right now because, Lord, uh, we know that you move through people. You empower people. We get to do the things we get to do because you get to work through people. And we want to be those people. We want to be used by you. Thank you again for calling us. I ask a blessing, Lord, on each person here that they would hear your voice really clearly now in these next few minutes, in these next few days, Lord, as to what their next step should be. Do they need to spend more time in their word? Do they need to look for a, for a spiritual mentor, Lord? We know that you have to pursue one. Somebody's not just going to come up to you. You have to pursue that. And are they willing to take a risk? Are they willing to take a step of faith, Lord, and jump into a group and to share life with people and experiencing you more? I pray they're willing to do that, Lord. I pray it in your name and all God's people say. We hope this message encouraged you in seeing who God is and who you are in Him. If you want to take a next step, visit frontlinegr.com forward slash connect. We look forward to connecting with you there and we'll see you back here next week.